a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living. It's exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm excited for you to meet them. Now, uh, growing up as a kid, and I'm talking really young, uh, uh, remember um, you had different clothes for different occasions. You know, you had school clothes, you know, then you come home and change into your play clothes. Um, you know, Sunday rolled around, you had your church clothes, and then you come home and, you know, put on your jeans and your jersey to watch football. Uh, I mean, you know, gosh forbid if you wore khakis or, or cords, uh, corduroys, you know, whenever you didn't have to, or brown shoes, okay? You never wore your brown shoes unless you're going to church. Um, now, so full disclosure, I still do that, okay? I'm 53, and I still <laughs> look at my closet as this assortment of like event specific apparel, you know, like their uniforms or something. Um, you know, I've got some clothes I wear when I'm working, clothes that I wear when I, you know, go to death. So it's just weird. So beyond these weird clothing idiosyncrasies, I think, I think, I do think sometimes we have a tendency as humans to compartmentalize other aspects of our life or our behaviors, you know, like we're, we're a certain way at work, uh, but, you know, when I'm home, I'm different, you know, or we talk about our day jobs uh, compared to avocations or passions that we try to squeeze into the margins of our life when we're not working. And it might be a natural tendency, but, you know, I think it's actually rather artificial at its core. I mean, we're the, we're the same person with the same makeup and strengths and faults and, you know, wherever we are, whenever we are. Uh, but sometimes we get caught up thinking that the different roles that we play require different character. Um, but we really only have one character, and, and that character comes from Christ. You know, And someone who gets that is today's guest, uh, and he's really doing something big about it. He's the CEO of uh, Tepeyac Leadership Incorporated, a very innovative initiative born out of the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Los Angeles and Phoenix that is helping business and community leaders around the world build and extend their God-given leadership talents to reclaim a more values-based, faith-based world. Not, and not for the world outside of work, not, you know, not, not just for the church clothes, uh, but for a reclaimed culture where Christ and community, and yes, even the corporation, uh, can not only coexist, but grow together, uh, not by more compartmentalization, uh, but by convergence. And, and I would say conversion. Um, so in addition to being the leader of TLI, which we're going to hear a lot more about today, our guest is also the author of the book, Catholic Leadership for Civil Society, a practical guide on authentic lay leadership. Uh, he's had prior career gigs in journalism. Uh, he's been the director of Hispanic missions uh, at the Archdiocese of Phoenix. So you can see this whole confluence for Christ thing is in his own blood and in his own background. Uh, he's a great family man and, uh, and hopefully a, a great future friend of mine, if I'm lucky. So please welcome today's Mana Man, Mr. Christopher Perea. Hey, Christopher. Oh, wow, Jeff. Thank you so much. What an introduction. 
Uh, happy to be here, my friend. It, it's an honor to be in your show and your podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for giving us some, some time to share a little bit about the work that we're doing. Yeah, well, we are very excited and I'm super excited for more people to learn about TLI. Um, and so, again, we're going to talk about your background, we'll, you know, get get into all that kind of stuff. But let's kind of dive right in. Let's talk about uh, about Tepiak and and, uh, and and the kind of the origin story of it. Um, and kind of where, how it did emerge. And then we'll talk about kind of how you personally got involved with it, but tell, tell us a little bit of background uh, for those that aren't familiar with, with what you're doing there at TLI. Absolutely. This is a very interesting story. I, I, I kind of kept it in disguise, uh, at first early on our organization. And over the past couple of years, I began to tell that story first, because I didn't want to see, I didn't want to allow, uh, Listen, I, I Jeff, I, I speak like this because I think like this. And and in the world, there are the forces of good and there are the forces of evil. Even though as Christians, we only have one enemy and that is the devil. There's no other enemy. He has a lot of useful pounds. <laughs> so we we early on didn't didn't uh, didn't uh, show all of our cards right from the beginning and and now we're we're telling that origin story um because we are at a more mature and 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 um secure more robust uh place as an organization mm -hmm. so we're ready to do that this is how tli was born uh about six or seven years ago as i was working for bishop olmsted at the diocese of phoenix as a representative of the diocese i was sent to a civic leadership development program um, in Phoenix, completely, entirely secular, a secular program. Um, and I, going through that experience, I really had a, a, a mixed set of uh, feelings because the experience opened up my eyes to the reality of civic leadership development in the United States. However, at the same time, uh, it was a, a little bit of a frustrating experience. It was a, a very... At times, I felt like the 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 only person of faith or or of conservative values in the room throughout the discussions and the different sessions. So, walking out of the program, I went to my bishop, Bishop Olmsted, and I presented to him, I pitched pitched to him the the idea. Uh, bishop, I, I explained to him what the program was about, what my experience was about, and I told him I thought that what they had going was a good concept but was not being developed right oriented right because it was in most instances anti-values um and and i thought we thought that we could do it better because we could make it catholic so um drawing from the wisdom of the church from the magisterium for two thousand years of wisdom we developed Tepeyak Leadership Initiative, borrowing the template from the secular world. We really baptized a, a pagan practice, <laughs> as Bishop Omsen himself said. And, and, and I remember his comment. He said, Christopher, the church has been baptizing pagan practices for a long time. There's no reason why we couldn't do this. Um, you have to understand, Jeff, in the United States, civic leadership development has been around since the 70s. There's such a thing as the National Association of Leadership Programs. Most of these, it has about 200 members. Most of them are large nonprofit organizations with large budgets. They're all secular. 
And they're all doing the same thing, even though each of them takes on a different flavor or, or format. They're all forming professionals and then really pushing them into key leadership positions in the community. And, and this is where many of our public elected officials get cited in leadership, but not just politics. The for-profit and non-profit sector also get a lot of their leaders trained in these programs. This is happening sort of, sort of under the radar, right? Unfortunately, what we discovered seven years, six years ago is that most of these programs are forming leaders with values that ran counter, directly opposed to Catholic teaching. So we saw a need and an opportunity to create what, until this day, I, I believe is the only civic leadership development program that is Catholic and that is seeking to do the same thing, to form Catholic leaders, to influence the secular world, to influence society with the values of the gospel. Yeah. Well, and I've heard you talk about it too. In fact, when we first met, as you described it to me, and I've shared this with others, you know, a lot of times when adults, you know, God willing, you know, and grace willing, when we, when we get, um, when we get ignited yeah, in our faith uh, for, for whatever reason, you know, uh, and we sort of, you know, dial it, dial, dial up or dial into another gear. A lot of times our tendency is to channel that energy back into uh, you know, our parish or uh, back into a more of a sort of a, almost like a segregated space where the faith work is already happening, which is great. You know, it's all, it's all good. But what I love about, you know, how you describe it is like, all right, you guys are taking that, that energy, that, 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 you know, that appetite uh, to, to spread the word, to, to change and, and, and directing it actually now, you know, into the arena you know, where it's maybe needed the most, not maybe, it is Absolutely. needed the most. Absolutely. What you're referring to is we, we, we talk about this all the time, that very often when a, when a lay Catholic person has an experience of encounter or re-encounter with Christ, maybe it was a weekend retreat. Maybe it was a tragic or, or really difficult event in their life. Something caused them or a, or a wonderful blessing something caused them to turn around and look back at their Catholic faith or look at the Catholic faith for the first time. And they're fired up for the faith and they just want to find their place in the church and serve God and serve his church. So what do we do? Instinctively, we tend to go back to the parish and sign up for every possible ministry or more appropriately called for the lady, apostolate, that we can sign up for. And we sometimes, I say this often, set up a tent and camp at the parish, Jeff. <laughs> but that's, while, while it's all good that we get involved in our parish community, we absolutely must. And that we are of service to our pastors, the, our, our priests, uh, parish priests and bishop, that, that really the vocation of the lady is not to spend all our time at the parish or within inside a Catholic bubble, our true vocation as lady is to be ambassadors of Christ in the world. Mm -hmm. And if God, particularly those that God has blessed with a college education, with a professional career, if God gave us that, it's because that was meant to be our field of mission. That's where we should be advancing the mission of the church, out in the world, in the professional world for us. 
So what does that mean? And how do you do it? This is new language. The church has not been having this conversation. Right. That's what we do, Jeff. That's what we teach. Well, and, and, and so that, I think, leads then into the actual training that TLI does. You know, there's, there's you know, a great, um, I mean, they're all great passages from, from the Bible, and especially the gospel when, you know, Jesus is, is, is addressing his own apostles and, you know, that great, you know, verse from Luke, you know, where, you know, where he's saying, hey, when you're, when you're brought before, you know, synagogues and rulers and, you know, forced to defend yourself, don't worry about it. You know, at that time, the Holy Spirit, you know, will basically, you know, step in. Don't worry about it. Like, you know, I got you, basically, is what he's saying. Um, but this is something where, you know, I mean, we're not hanging out with Jesus every day and we're not apostles. And so we need training. Like we actually, we do, the lay leadership needs the tools and, and we need to be, you know, influenced by others and learning from others. So talk about how the training, you know, this is, this is not a, you know, a social club here. TLI is not just this sort of like zoom call that people get on and just kind of chit chat about their sort of, you know, like experiences. I mean, you've got a, this is a rigorous, um, I mean, in a good way, it's, it's a very intentional training program that you've put to, 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 to really equip these now, you know, sort of soldiers for Christ to get out there and, and know what they're doing and know how to do it effectively. Absolutely, Jeff. So the way we do it, there's really no, um, well, we, we don't intentionally don't publish our curriculum on our website. People have to experience the program to, to see exactly what the training is. Uh, we do talk about it and, and there's no, uh, there's nothing mysterious about how we do it or what we do. We teach leadership by action, by showing leadership, by example. So what we do is every week throughout the entire five-month program, 18 sessions, we focus, each week we focus on one area of human activity. And every, such as education, healthcare, business, government, news media, philanthropy, some people, uh, some instances might think, oh, well, I'm supposed to find the session that fits within my career and, and see how that applies. No, these are just, even if there is no session that has anything to do with your career, uh, we're simply trying to expose you to several different types of human activity so that you can see how there are multiple ways in which we can lead in civil society. And you happen to be a teacher and there's an education session, well, good for you that you got a, an extra bonus there. But <laughs> what we do is, each one of these sessions brings puts forward a, a group of a number of experts. These are really top-notch, seasoned uh, Catholic leaders who have been there in the trenches and have the battle scars, and they are Catholic leaders in civil society. So they talk about the way in which they have done it and they have led. And so we, what we really do at the sessions throughout the program is we bring up issues of concern in society in all of these areas. And concrete ways, we talk about the concrete ways in which we lay people can step up and fill those needs, fill those gaps, and lead in their own community. So um, while you'll find a little of catechesis and, and theology and philosophy sprinkled throughout the program, what we do, we have intentionally designed our program not to be a another catechetical experience that just stays up in the clouds so mm -hmm. we're much about much more about 
bringing down to the application level the teachings of the church. What does it mean to be a Catholic leader in education, in healthcare, in business, in government, in news media? Um, and, and it's very much about giving uh, pearls to the pro program participants that they can take away and put into action in their own, in their own lives. Yeah, no, I, I just think it's fantastic. So what are some ways... What are some ways that, um, I mean, obviously people can uh, go to the website, they can check out, you know, the actual, the full kind of TLI, um, you know, kind of experience. What other ways can people get involved? Um, and I know there's a conference coming up here. Uh, maybe talk about that a little bit or other ways that people can kind of engage in the mission. Thank you for that question. When people go to tliprogram.org, I'm sure you're going to share the, the URL somewhere in your, your podcast. When they go there, they'll, they'll find all the information there. We'll have a frequent ask questions section. People can engage with us. The, the, our favorite way in which they can engage is by, by participating in the program, actually applying for TLI um, in the fall. So, so we've already, we just went through our admissions process and then experiencing the program in the spring. That's our cycle. Uh, more seasoned professionals, people who are very advanced in their professional life, can interact with us as mentors. They can become a mentor for TLI or potentially a speaker at one of our sessions. Um, I mean, and then we have a small army of, of donors and, and volunteers. So there's multiple ways in which they can support our, our, our work. However, this year we're very excited, as you mentioned it, Jeff, to uh, have recently announced our first annual conference because this will be yet a new platform, a new way for us to advance our mission. Our mission is to form leaders. That's what we do. We form mm -hmm. lay Catholic leaders for civil society. We have been doing it for the past few years through our five-month program in the spring. Every year it runs in the spring. And we've graduated five generations of TLI. But now we're also going to have an annual conference starting on the first weekend of November, this is going to be at Orange County, California. It's going to be at Christ Cathedral mm -hmm. and at the Diocese of Orange. And through the, the conference, we're going to offer just another way for people to grow as leaders. So, so it's going to be a more compressed experience, a more um, um, probably uh, for some people, it might, it might feel a, a bit uh, overwhelming if they've never been to through our training because it's a new way of thinking about how to advance the mission of the church. And in that weekend, we're going to cover several issues of concern in society, things that are happening now. And we're going to talk about the concrete ways in which each one of us can discover, discern what our call to leadership is, the way in which God is calling us individually to lead. And they're going to walk away with, with a... Um, some type of resolution, a leadership commitment, something that they want to do, that they're going to set out to do as a result of attending the conference. So it's going to be kind of like the express version of the program, right? Yeah. And and some people that attend the conference might, may or may not be interested in, in, in doing the full TLI experience in the spring. They'll be welcome to, and they'll probably be a fast track for them. If they attended the conference, they'll probably have a fast track of admission into the program <laughs> itself. Uh, but the conference is also meant to be, for those who have graduated from TLI, um, an opportunity, an annual opportunity to recharge and, yeah. and, you know, and get some more tools and, and networking and resources 
so that they can continue to lead in their own communities. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that the whole annual conference is a, it's a very common, you know, kind of construct in sort of the civic and corporate kind of worlds. And I think it, it makes all the sense in the world to do the same thing uh, with TLI and give people that opportunity. So that's fantastic. Yeah, we'll make sure that everyone uh, is is aware of that and, and uh, can hopefully uh, get out there. I mean, being in Orange County in November is not a bad place to be. I can tell you that right now. So oh, yeah. Uh, being out here in Minnesota, it sounds pretty darn good right about now. So, um, all right. Well, hey, we are, um, gosh, we're going to have to have you back on another time to get into your background and how you grew up and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, but this has been so great to hear and learn more about TLI. But we can't let you off the hook here, Christopher, without our fun segment. So this is the uh, this is the segment of the show where we ask all of our guests the same three questions, quick little questions here. Uh-huh. Uh, 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 and uh, and then we just, you know, we kind of compare you to everybody else who's been on the show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so these are just kind of fun, fun way to end the show. So fun segment question number one. If Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow morning, right there at TLI headquarters, and just wanted to hang out for the day, just with you, just you and Jesus, you have a whole day to do whatever you want. How are you going to spend your time with Jesus? Oh, my. <laughs> wow, what a question. <laughs> uh, I think my first instinct would be to share Jesus. I don't think, as you're telling me, just him and I, right? But I really would want to share him sure. uh, with my friends and family. Uh, probably, I don't know, organize a big dinner at my house. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably, I'll probably sit down with him for coffee and just bombard him with questions <laughs> the first thing i do is probably run and give him a hug i don't, I don't know what a what an amazing experience that would be yeah well and i tell you for all your tli um uh, participants you know if he was the guest speaker that day that'd be that'd be something <laughs> you'd, get a lot, you'd get a lot of buzz on that so all right fun segment question number two if you could go to church with any other man, okay, so we're here on manna, talking about men of faith. So if you could go to church with any other man, uh, living or dead, famous or not, you don't, you would, you, you would have never had to have had to know this man, uh, or maybe you did, uh, or maybe you do, uh, who would you take to church? Okay, so other than Jesus, and does it matter if it's a clergy or lay person? No, yeah, it can be any. It just has to be yeah. a guy. Yep. I really would like to, um, gosh, I would like to be at mass at a mass celebrated by by Saint Jose Maria Escrivá, who's now in heaven. Mm-hmm. I would love to meet him in person, and I hope to meet him one day in heaven. He's one of my good friends in heaven. Uh, so the first name that comes to mind is Saint Jose right. Maria Escrivá. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. Last, uh, last question, uh, in our fun segment here. Um, if you could give one piece of advice to a younger man, uh, you know, a little further upstream, uh, uh one piece of advice about living a, a confident, uh, you know, humble, holy life of faith, just like you, uh, what would be that one piece of advice that you give a younger man? Sure. So there are going to be multiple instances in our lives when we learn by making mistakes and by getting burned, by putting our, our hands in the fire. 
And it's amazing how many opportunities we waste to learn by observing others. In other words, to learn from other people's mistakes. We don't need to make every mistake to learn. Mm -hmm. So my advice would be to try to, try to, um, throughout life, to try to learn from other people's experiences more, as much as from us. We'll just, we'll learn much faster, we'll get much wiser uh, when we're not just learning from our own mistakes, but also serving other people and trying to to see to see what is the application, the learning lesson, the lesson to be gotten from other people's experiences around us in our lives that we can observe and simply see how they've done it, see that what they've done. I love it. That's great. That is great advice indeed. All right. Well, hey, um, want to thank you again for everybody listening, and this will be in the show notes as well. But tliprogram.org, if you want to learn more about the Tepeyac Leadership Incorporated and all of the great programming that they have there, the program, the conference coming up here in November. And um, Christopher, uh, just want to thank you again um, for everything that you're leading, everything you're doing, everything you're inspiring for guys like me uh, and others to uh, to take our faith and and direct it uh, again into that sort of arena where we can uh, affect even more change. So really appreciate you being on. Thank you, Jeff. It's a pleasure. Keep up the good work. Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.